Today's episode is sponsored by Itential. Itential is network and cloud automation. The Itential platform makes it easy for you to gain insight into your entire network infrastructure. Bring your network into compliance through remediation, automatically prevent non-compliant changes from making their way into the network, gain the confidence you need to automate your network safely. Know your network. Automate your network. Find out more at itential.com slash packetpushers. Welcome to the IPv6 Buzz podcast, where we dare to dive into the 128-bit address space wormhole. Quick reminder, there's sponsorship opportunities available for IPv6 Buzz and the other Packet Pusher podcast shows. So if you're interested, hey, go to packetpushers.net slash sponsorship for details. And if you got something cool working with IPv6, we really want to hear about it. So, you know, come join us on the V6 Buzz. You can get the word out about uh, sort of what, what you got working with V6. I'm Ed Horley. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Coffey and Scott Hogue. And today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's near and dear to Tom's heart, <laughs> which is which is IPv6 allocation sort of planning. Uh, sort of, uh, it's related to address planning, but it's really about how do you do allocation sizing and and what and what makes that all work. So, hey guys, how's it going? Good, good, good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So size matters. Is that that's basically the gist <laughs> yeah. of gist of our episode today? Yes. Yes. I, I guess. I guess the, the obvious question is is like. For everyone who hasn't done any V6 work at all, it's like the common thing that we walk into the room and are like, where do we even start? Like, I don't even, I don't even understand what we're talking about here. Like, I only deal in RFC 1918 space and IPv4, and I've never really had to deal with this stuff. And literally you 30 know? seconds later, it's like, I know, let's get an IPv6 allocation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what what does that look like? What does that journey look like for for maybe maybe we we split this up in a few different sizes? Maybe it's like super large global fortune company and then we got like a mid-level enterprise and we have like small mom and pop like what 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 do each one of those folks deal with what what goes on in that, in that discussion yeah you know i think it's probably even maybe helpful for the listeners if they don't already have a grasp of sort of how the v6 space is carved up to to start with sort of what the what the options are there so you know if we start with the 128 bit address we're basically cutting that in half, right? Because 64 bits of that is just devoted to the the interface identifier. And if you're a network guy, you're depressed about this. Like, what? I'm going to waste 64 bits on the stupid host ID. But everyone else uh, that's that's focused on the network side, that leaves, what, 64 bits left over for prefix space. Of course, that's the entirety of the prefix space. So you have to have some hierarchy in there to start with IANA at the highest level uh, sort of deciding how much uh, IPv6 space to carve up and hand out to each of the regional internet registries, which then in turn handed out to service providers and then to end users through the service providers or directly from the rear to the enterprise uh, or end users uh, if they if they go ahead and get an allocation directly from the rear. And so we see a lot more organizations doing that these days in the v6 space than than in the v4 space. So then the question is, well, so how much space are they getting, you know, are, are you getting from a rear? So the, the minimum space you can get is the minimum routable size prefix on the internet, which is a slash 48. But that's only useful if you if you're singly homed, right? If I've got one network in one location, a leaf node on the internet, and I just need that one block, um, the slash 48 is going to be the minimum size that's that's going to fit that need. And then we sort of go up from there, and we we do the we do the trick that we're obsessed with in the V6 space, which is we focus on the nibble boundary because that that makes all the characters and the prefix 
you know, have significance. And so we go from the 48 to the 44 to the 40 to the 40 to the 36, 32, et cetera. And so this is where if you look at the history of IPv6 allocation, you you sort of get into the 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 awareness of the fact that a lot of enterprises and and end users that got allocations early on in the process uh, got somewhere between a 32 and a 48 and and the idea was from a sizing perspective it's like what's the what's sort of the the minimum that I need you know it's very much sort of thinking like along the same lines that you would think in IPv4 it's like well I you know it's obviously a lot of host addresses I don't really care about that what's the minimum allocation that I need and and you know I'm not going to ask for any more than that so yeah, that's sort of the high level, you know, so that the rears and it just if you want to just put some cider notation behind this, what the, the 2000 double colon slash three is the the global unicast allocation. And then from that, the I, I don't know what IANA has uh, reserved. I haven't look at, looked at that document lately, but I believe they started handing out slash 12s to the to the regional internet registries initially. So your your you know, APNIC or Aaron or RIPE, they have a slash 12 that they're allocating from. And then, you know, the largest service providers, what, you know, slash 20, slash 22. I don't, do you guys know of anything larger than that being handed out? Mm, I haven't, I don't recall off the top of my head if there's actually any that are larger than that. But no. uh, I mean, way back, sound. way back when the uh, IANA gave the rears slash 23 and they were giving them multiple slash 23s before they gave them slash 12s. Because, you know, the pendulum has swung back and forth, you know. 20 years ago when that was first done we didn't want to re, you know reproduce the same mistakes we did with IPv4 giving out too many class A's so they were like ah eh, let's be a little stingy but now i think the pendulum swung to the opposite end which is yeah we want to give you what you need and we've got lots yeah yeah it's, it looks like from the list so i just popped it up quickly 23s and 22s scott you're right was what things started and then it went mm-hmm. to ripe they went to a 19 and that was sort of an oddball, um, and then it, and then suddenly it went to 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in, in terms of allocations that they sort of laid out, and then it moved to 12s. And there's a few mm-hmm. 23s in there, but it mainly 12s. So like Lacnic got a 12, Ripe, Afrinic has a 12. So those are allocated out and, and assigned that way. Yeah, and they were holding some in reserve. And so if you did want to create a a maximum granularity uh, Bogon filter for IPv6. It's a little problematic because there are these gaps because of how that was done a long time ago. Yeah, you're right. So with the enterprises, then uh, you know what is the? I think back when I first back when I first got into the IPv6 addressing game, it seemed like a slash thirty two is you know pretty big. You're just like okay, if I'm an enterprise and I get a slash thirty two, that's a lot of space. And I remember you know being at Limelight and, and as a service provider getting three slash thirty twos from each from each of the rears that we were operating the regions we were operating in. You know, and just like being like, oh, my God, that's so much space. What am I going to do with all of this? But that's the pendulum shift that you're talking about, Scott, where, you know, now we've gone from saying, oh, yeah, you could never possibly need more than a slash 32 for an enterprise to being like, well, we're not so sure anymore. And some of that has to do with the the V6 address planning you know, principles like like using nibble boundaries. Some of it has to do with getting away from, you know, just thinking about IPv6 as sort of just IPv4 with more bits and the fact that. You know, I, I'm totally obsessed with not wasting host addresses in IPv4, and I could care less in IPv6. 
So it's really about how do I make my, my network more operationally manageable and efficient and how do I keep the routing table size at a minimum, not because I, I'm worried about memory or CPU, but you know because I'm just worried about operations. I can keep things a lot tidier and security boundaries a lot tidier, that sort of thing. So, so we see that, that nibble boundary sort of creating that hierarchy, which then you know gets you up to a slash 36, a slash 32. Pretty soon it's like, I don't know, maybe a slash 28 is, is more useful for me if I'm actually going to carve up the network operationally in, in a, a compelling way to, to make it easier to manage. Yeah, I think for the bigger organizations too, Tom, for the for all three of us, when we're talking to larger organizations, one of the things that V6 frees up for them that's very different than before is, is, a, is their operational principle of maybe they have a corporate IC, IT side and they've got a production IT side because they actually have a product or a service or a SaaS solution or something else that they're running and operating. And so in V4 land, because of the scarcity side, it was everything was combined as an organization, right? You you were doing everything you could to scrounge up as much public IP space and, and use it for production purposes and all this sorts of things. And, and they carved out little spaces for corporate IT teams, right? <laughs> you got this corner, corner little spec section of things you have to do and you just have to take the principles of what we're doing for production because that's more important, that's revenue generating, et cetera. That really gets flipped on its head with V6. There's no reason to constrain yourself that way anymore at all. Well, and are we also seeing the sort of a trend of of enterprises, you know, basically becoming more like service providers, either in how they're con- conceiving of the network or in the fact of what you just mentioned, where they're actually offering services that really force them into a, into having to basically run the corporate network and the production network, which can be indistinguishable from the service provider network. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's that's really true is the, is the global multinationals and even some of the bigger enterprises that we're working with, they're looking more and more like service providers in terms of how they behave, the technology sets they're using, and, and their, their address allocation plans are, are now ref- can now reflect how they're working as an organization, which I think is one of the you know, structural problems of, for V4 for many of them is like, we can't behave technology-wise from this limitation of what V4 is doing versus how we want to operate, like business-wise operate. And so I think it's very interesting that V6 gives them that opportunity to do exactly that. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been fortunate to work with, with, a few, with a few companies now that have, that have gotten much larger allocations than, than 32s simply because of structurally rethinking how their business sort of aligns and, and helping them to go through and, and do that justification. So, you know, the assumption, I think the old days of the assumptions that a 32 is, is, is adequate for, you know, large-scale you know, companies. Yeah, maybe back in 2015, that was the right thing to do. I don't know if that's the right thing to do today. And I just throw this out there. I mean, I'll probably get people to yell at at us now. (laughs) Well, and then how much deployment has actually happened though? Because that's, I guess that's really, you know, it's like, oh, let's uh, let's dust off that allocation we got back in 2014. How much IPv6 have we deployed? Well, let's take a look here. Hmm. Not at all. None. Yeah, um, exactly. So, <laughs> so you might as well you might as well resize and figure out what you actually need, right? And you might you might go return that space and or 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 see if you can expand that space uh, mm-hmm. to to be able to support what you need. Which is, you know, I mean, this is a rare opportunity. I mean, how often, you know, how often within our careers, you know, in your lifetime of your career, do you get to sort of completely redo an address allocation and think differently about how your how your network is numbered? It's pretty rare that that gets that you know, opportunity-wise that you get to do that outside of, you know, lab scenarios, right? I mean, we're, we've all got to build labs and you can play around with pretty much whatever you want there, but that's not true on, on anything that needs to actually functionally work on the internet, right? You're going to be constrained the entire time, at least on the V4 side. It's, 
I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to weird, you know, do weird things in V4 in order to, you know, preserve my slash 24 advertisement that I needed to push out to the to the default free zone, right? So, you know, V6, we we just we just aren't handcuffed in the same way. So why do we continue to handcuff our our, our thinking about what we need to do there? So I think that's probably a, a big change. And I think I think the rest of the you know V6 community is starting to move that direction too. I don't know if you if you guys feel it, but it sure feels like mm-hmm. you know this this the conservation principles around V4 of saying like we shouldn't be using the space. It's like no, the space is here. We should use it. We should allocate it out, and we should make it available to those to those entities to get on V6. That's just a an impression in terms of how things are sort of going overall. But I don't know if you guys feel the same way or not. Well, I mean, it's, you know, with with that, we didn't cover the sort of small, medium, large, um, you know, the Goldilocks principle. It's, it doesn't really apply for that, but it's, you know, and do we have a feeling about what the right size allocation needs to be? Because, and maybe we talk about that quickly too, about each one of the RIRs, because they have slightly different policies around some of this. So, yeah, and that, that can make it difficult or confusing, I mean, especially if you're operating a, a, a network that that's that's in different regions and, and you kind of get different. You know the 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 flavor is very similar in terms of the you know if you look at the air and number resource policy manual and if you look at the the ripe document that 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 contains the policy, you know, everybody's sort of trying to arrive at the same place. The rears are trying to arrive at the same place in, in terms of you know we want to make sure that we're managing the resource properly and effectively, getting you the resources that you need. But they're just subtle differences and. And that's that's been a little perplexing in the past for for organizations that and many times enterprises haven't really intera- interacted with the rears that often. In the past, they might just get their V four space directly from a service provider. In this case, you know, we're, this is a distinction that we should make. We've made it in the past, but you know, you're actually going to be asking f- in ninety nine percent of cases, you're going to be going to the to the rear to get a provider independent allocation uh, as opposed to a provider assigned or provider aggregatable that you would get through the service provider. So, uh, and that would obviously have to be numbered out of if you move to a different service provider. So yeah, that's one thing that you, you kind of, the big shift that you have to be aware of, but you know, but yeah, in terms of what the size of blocks that, that rears are handing out, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the, the notion of sparse allocation where you can assume that if you've been allocated a, a particular size block, it's probably pretty likely that the rear has reserved contiguous space next to that. So if, in other words, if I got a slash 32 from Aaron, you know, Aaron held at least a slash 31 in reserve to give me another 32 down the road if I decide I need more contiguous address space. In some cases, it might be significantly larger than that. You could go up to the nibble boundary and say there's a slash 28 held in reserve. The rears aren't aren't particularly transparent on this point, so we, we're not sure how much how much has been held in reserve. But what, what, I think the reason you brought it up, Ed, is the fact that, like we know, you know, we, we've seen reports of of uh, folks in the ripe region getting a, a slash twenty nine. Um, that's just sort of you know we're not even going to hold it in reserve. We're just going to you know you ask for something approximating a slash thirty two, but you said you might have a greater need than that. Here's a slash twenty nine. Have a nice life. Um, and then of course, are they holding? a block and reserve from that. So that, you know, that's, that's sort of, I don't, wouldn't say it's shocking, but yeah, if you were, if you were thinking slash 32 is like, you know, shooting the moon in the past and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, the, you know, ripes like, here's your slash 29, go nuts. Um, it, it's a little bit of a shift in thinking for sure. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, the, 
the strange thing is you get as you get as the numbers get smaller in regards to the, <laughs> the cider notation side, right? How many more networks you can operate and how many more addresses you can have gets, you know, <laughs> significantly larger. So it's I th- I think what surprises many people is is just the difference. If you're going with Aaron and there you're probably, you know, you go through your work, you might get a 36 or a 32. The same work, you just default to a 29 and 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 ripe, and you're sort of like, hey, what's the difference? Like, why is this? Why is this structurally different? And does that change how I need to think about address allocation planning? And uh, or do you even need to get out allocations in multiple regions? I think that maybe that's a fair question too, right? Is do I need to get one from 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 ripe if I've already got one from Aaron? Right, and that of course that's going to impact how big does the allocation need to be? If I, if I want to just get one allocation that I'm that I'm I'm using in all regions, and of course we couldn't do this back in the day with V4, right? I mean, you couldn't out of region announcements were were problematic to say the least. Yes, yeah. we seem to have gotten away from that on the V6 side, and and I think part of that is the experience of of seeing what happened with V4 right how how hard it was to sort of transfer addresses and get things to work the way that you needed to operationally and one of uh, uh Scott's pet peeves is is disaggregation of course we're we're running the risk of that uh or are we i mean i don't i don't know how how important that is to to consider or discuss but what we're at 160 170,000 IPv6 prefixes in the DFZ Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and, and each one of those are about a f- average prefix length is a slash four, 42, 42.5 or something like mm-hmm. that. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a average length is about 42.6 bits. And so Which you mean? have to factor in that many routes, that much length equals this much TCAM space. It's still much smaller than IPv4 because IPv4 is like astronomically more number of routes, <laughs> but they're at about a slash, what, what is it? Slash 22 point something mm-hmm. average. Yeah. But the you see that the IPv6, you look yeah, at the historical trend and the size of the IPv6 default free zone has really gone up dramatically. And you look at disaggregation being done by cloud providers and others where they're taking their slash 48s and they're starting to chop them up or for certain reasons like SD-WAN or SASE or mobility or other use cases, they're they're disaggregating them and the the 48 is the longest possible prefix or the smallest block that could be advertised into the default free zone. So that's what they do. Yeah, I think the 48s are growing pretty dramatically in sizing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the early adopters in V6 were very concerned about disaggregation, trying to keep mm-hmm. you know bigger prefixes um, or larger prefixes as, as tight and as, and as summarizable as possible. And, and I think uh, it's rapidly moved away from that as, as uh, to, be, to be fair, the operational considerations have overtaken the design principles, right, of of, of where things are at. And I think this is a case where, you know, operators are like, I need to, I need to solve my problem. Uh, the way I solve my problem you know, I, I think we could all argue like, hey, you know, maybe maybe a 40, <laughs> right? Maybe maybe do 40s on 48s or maybe do, you know, you know something that, that would line up better, which would force you to then ask for more address space upstream, back to Tom's original point, right? Of like, what's appropriate sizing? Well, maybe the right thing to do is, is not to disaggregate as much down to the 48 and give yourself a little bit more flexibility, go for 40 and then move move that boundary to the, you know, the, that allocation request a little bit more to the left 
right? And instead of asking for a 36, ask for a 32, right? Yeah, the, but then, you know, from the, the tier one, is we have to like shift focus and perspective from the enterprise to like tier one, tier two providers. And like you mentioned different regions operating in different regions. And it, I mean, if I can announce a, a more specific over here, and if that happens to be a 48 and it's, it's going to force my traffic over a link that's, you know, significantly cheaper then I'm going to do that if I can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so how much of that are we actually, how much of that is a sign? The fact that we're seeing a lot more 48s in the DFC is that a sign of, of, of reaching that same sort of miserable place that IPv4 is at where it's like, oh, well, great. I've got, you know, my routing policy for everywhere, but, but Asia where long haul is like so expensive. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's like just a sign of V6 maturity that we're, we're seeing that kind of disaggregation or, and, and I wonder also, you know, like with SaaS providers and cloud providers that, that are starting to try to tackle V6 and, and make that operationally functional, especially infrastructure as a service, something like Amazon and Azure, obviously there's some, some routing trickiness there that has to be tackled and, and how that, how that gets handled in terms of what blocks are being announced. I wonder how much of that we'll continue to see from that space. Yeah, I mean it's 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 sort of eye opening. Like everyone's always surprised about you know IPv4 anycast, and you're you're like yeah, you're you're anycast IPv4. That's a whole slash twenty four that you've got to set aside for that anycast purpose, right? In order in order to make that stuff work, you you get the same scenario for v6 with a whole forty eight, right? You want to do anycast, right? You're gonna you're gonna be stuck doing that. Um, yeah, think of it. You look at the the addresses that have been assigned to the root name servers, they use Anycast and you see that that's just the first three hextets are defined and then colon, colon, 53 or whatever is the <laughs> right. identifier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they all share that same, all the L root name servers share that same prefix. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating how that works. You're going to, you're still going to advertise that 48 out because that's the smallest that you're going to get to to, to go anywhere regardless of, mm-hmm. you know, it, it being a single host. So I guess, I, I guess wasting a 64 for a single host, <laughs> never mind that, waste a 48 for a single host. But you know, mm-hmm. I was going to say horror of horrors. It's like a single host for a 48. You know, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot yeah, of, yeah, yeah, there, you yeah, know, yeah. F root name servers. Yeah, there's a whole bunch <laughs> of them out there. We pause the episode for some thinking about end-to-end automation across all your networks with sponsor Itential. I have long advocated for simplifying the network to help make automation work well, and I I have lost the battle. Your, your network probably consists of physical hardware, virtualized network functions, the internet as WAN, and VPN tunnels, or direct connects, or both to multiple public clouds. So how's your automation initiative working out? Maybe not great. What if you had an automation tool to help bring order to the chaos? Itential's automation platform makes complicated networks like yours more manageable. The Itential platform offers you insight into your entire infrastructure, so you lean into Itential and it's going to help you quickly detect non-compliant devices and then target them for remediation. And and all this works if your network devices offer a modern API or are CLI only. And the big idea here, feel in control. Be confident about what your network actually is with the Itential platform doing the heavy lifting for you. And with that baseline, you can trust that the automation processes you build with the Itential platform will deliver the network state your organization requires. Itential also has a configuration manager tool, which lets you integrate configuration validation right into your automation processes. And this lets you take a step back from knowing the nuance of every networking component you're responsible for. You get operational consistency. You ask Itential to execute the configuration task and Itential makes sure it gets done across both your on-prem gear and cloudy virtual infrastructure. 
All right, so Itensha does a lot, and so maybe you're worried that Itensha is going to require 19 months of training and a team of rockstar developers to make it work. If you're thinking that you're missing a key point here, Itensha is meant to be easy to use. For instance, Itensha's low-code automation studio provides drag-and-drop network automation plus an open library of pre-built automation workflows with integrations to any IT system. End-to-end -end automation across all your networks, simplifying network automation for everyone on your team. Know your network. Automate your network. Itential. Find out more at itential.com slash packet pushers. That's itential.com slash packet pushers. And now back to today's episode. Yeah, still nowhere close to the you know one the uh, handful of addresses that you're going to use out of the 48. But yeah, I, I, the point's taken. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any any difference in wastage versus maybe before for the same principle. But um, yeah, I, it's. It's the things that we think about, you know, in the community about sort of what's appropriate to be sort of handed out in sizing. I mean, I think for smaller organizations, it's going to be common for them to see, you know, 44s or 40s. Maybe the smallest of small might get a 48 um, if, if they're actually, you know, doing something unique there. I think to go, you know, greater length or, you know, smaller, uh, whichever way you want to measure measure the, uh, the, the way that you're talking about an address, you know, if you're going below a 48... I think that's going to be uncommon. That's going to fall into the provider allocated, provider assigned address space where they're going to do some sort of aggregation and and roll you back up into a forty eight to advertise outbound for for whatever geography you're in. And that's going yeah. to be common for for small businesses, right? Small businesses. Yeah, that's a very small business because then they would only have a single site to yeah, get a slash forty eight. You need one building. So even a small business, let's say it's a a trade, a building trade business. They probably have a, a few buildings around and a, a facilities and here's where they maintain their trucks and here's where they store their their supplies, their materials. And they have they might add up and have like 12 buildings, 12 sites, and each one should get a slash 48 so that you're right. They might get a 40 or a 40, 40 yeah, or this, something like this, that. This is the interesting thing. The definition of a site is very... I wouldn't say loose, but mm -hmm. it's very generous in terms of what mm -hmm. defines a site. So all of us, as an example, in our early days when we were all playing around with V6 and we were using Hurricane Electric's tunnel broker service, you click the button and you get a 48, you know, assigned to you automatically. And 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 the concept being is like, well, I'm I'm only a home user and I've got my little lab sitting out here. They they'd send you a whole 48. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I mean, think that's a, yeah. What constitutes a site? Is it a kiosk in a mall or in an airport? That's a like, site. That's a location. So we, <laughs> and it's a kiosk with like a firewall and a host and a little Intel nook and <laughs> a couple right, of right. little things, a switch. Yeah, and and it and it it does boil down to, to you can make the distinction between what are what are the very specific technical operational requirements behind that. It's like, well, do I need to announce this out as 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 a unique site? Does it need to be reachable from the internet? Because I can't I can't announce anything smaller than that. So, so that's that's the sort of very strict technical definition. But then we get into this other sort of much more abstract operational definition of what constitutes a site, and this is where. This is where we get into trouble when we're doing address planning in that, you know, it's always, we can always fall back to the V4 method of just using bits to carve the network up. And so in that regard, you know, even, even a slash 60, you know, is, is big enough for, for most, just in terms of providing the, at the absolute raw address space that's required. If I'm, if I'm willing to just hack and slash using bits and, and, you know, use the VLSM in the way that I've done with V4, I can make it work, 
But if you're if you're dragging that thinking in, into how you're, you know, you've got this greenfield opportunity to do a brand new uh, design for the network, brand new address plan, and you're thinking about it that way, you're you're inevitably going to ask for, you're inevitably going to conclude that you don't need that much space. Like, well, I can get by with this. On the flip side of that, if you're thinking about all the possible sites that you have and how you, you know, it's like if I think of this as a site, you know, and whether is it is it something that's happening at the network level? Is it a is it a you know a flat like camp? Is it a is it a, a hierarchical campus site or is it a you know a, a sort of flat single location on the network or whatever that ends up looking like from from a network design standpoint? If I just think about it as an entity that that just gets a slash forty eight, just gets a block of a certain size, and and so then we've come full circle back to the what you mentioned earlier, Scott, related to classful addressing, right? Where we started out with, you know, hey, we're going to give everything a slash eight. Well, we just didn't have enough bits to be able to do that. But with with v six, I think the argument is that we do have enough bits and nibbles that you know, just making the site sizes consistent and then building the network around that concept. It, it's going to result in you asking for what seems like a larger, you know, I'm asking for a larger allocation. Oh, I'm going to freak out because it's just like, I, I already had a slash 32 and now I'm asking for a slash 28. Where does it end? It's madness. Uh, but the reality is, you know, you're looking at your network in a way that you're going to be able to assign prefixes in this really consistent way that that operationally just makes things tons easier than what you're dealing with in the V4 space. Yeah, I've seen IPv6 addressing plans where you know an organization has many tiny sites, like either retail locations or or branches or small offices or individual offices. And I've seen addressing plans where those are given either a, a slash 52 or a slash 56 because they're just cookie cutter. They look the same. They're very small. They might not need anything more than even a slash 64, but they give them a little more and then make them all look the same. Even though they're technically could be defined as a site and each get their own slash 48, people seem to think, oh, that seems wasteful to give that site a slash 48. So I see that often. You can't blame people for having that feeling, but... I like the idea of having every one of those sites look consistent. Consistency is important and lends itself to automation. Yeah, software. exactly. Um, I, that's a that's a point that that really it's like where we're trying to get to as opposed to where we've been and where we are. The the more inconsistent it is, the the more difficult it is to 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 do things automation wise. Well, yeah, because you think, oh, I've got flagship stores, so I'm going to give my flagship stores, which tend to be a little bigger and maybe have a coffee shop in them or something else in the bigger stores, I'm going to give them a little more space. Well, now you've created a point of inconsistency. Had you just made them all look like flagship stores and given them all instead of 56s, you just give them all 52s. Only when you get to tens of thousands of stores, is that a big problem and then causes you to maybe jump up to, you know, from a slash 36 to a slash 32. But that's not that you have, you had that many sites your business is doing well and you could probably afford the little bigger allocation and well, it's and okay. Think, and you'll, you'll probably get it because of the number of total sites you have. Yeah. I think, I think the other part that's missing that we haven't talked about is the business side of saying like, as, as an IT team, we don't necessarily know where that flagship store is. So today it might be mm-hmm. the smallest store in your oh, entire yeah. fleet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in three years, it's, it turns into your flagship store. And then the flagship, the one that used to be the flagship store is now, a tiny little pop-up <laughs> or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, we've all seen store, you know, 
malls come and go in our lifespan exactly. and and sites change and oh you know, that that used to be a mall now it's a data center <laughs> and so it's, and it, and it, yeah and if you think about it that way in v4 what did we used to do we would mm-hmm. massively renumber or redeploy the site or have yeah. to do the whole you know nat oh, renumbering yeah, give it a slash 24 oh now it's grown to larger now i hold the hold yeah. the slash 24 in reserve or oh well, and then this site went away so it into a slash 25 yeah the site went away site went away yeah, exactly. Or, or I'm going to steal address space from this, from what I <laughs> allocated in, in the Americas to stick in in Europe because it's the only block that's big enough for me to reuse mm-hmm. from this store location because it suddenly turned into this like humongo superstore location site that you know plus an office plus uh, you know the three other business lo- you know brands that we decided to buy up like you know the and so by having the flexibility in your allocation you can accommodate for that stuff. I think this is the thing that Tom has pointed out in other shows is, right, you don't have to use all your space. And in fact, it probably makes sense not to go in with that plan, but to actually have a plan that has a lot of just open space, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, right? I mean, it sounds weird. Like my plan just has giant gaps of space that I don't use, but it's for that flexibility to be able to grow up or down um, and to be able to allocate resources and you may never use the space. And that's just the weirdest comment to, to have in a V6 meeting. It's like, yeah, it's okay if you just never use it. Maybe never... you do you use it, but you want to set up a dark net. Because <laughs> you want to see <laughs> back scatter of like you direct that That's not coming out there. But, <laughs> but but I mean it's it's like honestly, like that's the weirdest. Can you imagine having a conversation today in V4 land where you're like, yeah, you just never use that address space? Just don't worry about it. It's okay. Just leave it there. You, you know, it's, it's don't, like don't. It, it's like addressing dark matter. You know, we can, <laughs> we can we can't have the actual matter of the ne- the network addressing that we use operationally if we didn't have this uh, dark matter undergirding it that that we never use and we don't think about. But it's it's critical to our operational model just to support the 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 larger structure that we're we're imposing by having that larger allocation. Yeah, and, and maybe to overcome people's fears about this, let's talk about like the global allocation day, which is it's two thousand colon colon slash three, which is two thousand and three thousand. So you know, going from two thousand all the way to three f f f f with with a lot more f's afterwards, and then um, and 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 that's the allocation. But today we're only allocating out of the two thousand range, so mm-hmm. that that two thousand to the two f f all the rest of the remaining f's. That's all it's been sort of officially been been blessed from, you know, from Hyanna to actually allocate out. And and the three, the three thousands are all held in reserve. Well, but, in, but in, even in addition, if you include it, it's like the GUA is is 25% of the available prefix space. So it just it just beggars the imagination that there's a scenario where we consume IPv6 to the point where we we paint ourselves into a corner that that the 75% remaining unallocated, completely unallocated space that's available in the prefix space, you know, can't bail us out of whatever problem we create. Yeah, for I mean, we, got, we, we still have the 4,000, we still have the 6,000, we still have the 8,000, we still, you know, if assuming we're still doing slash threes, by the way, everyone. <laughs> so we're counting by twos for all of those. So it's, there's a lot of space that's, we, we can mess this up a few times, of over allocating and still be okay because we just aren't even coming close to touching what's still mm-hmm. available out there. So I think it's, I think being nervous about asking for too much is probably the wrong direction for for many folks just to get over that sort of gut initial feeling. But anyway, I, well, you don't want to go back to the well and ask again five years from now, right? <laughs> You're or or up- ten years from now, you go back and have to get more because you didn't think about 
And it's difficult for us to, we don't know what technology is going to be around 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, look back 10 years ago, what we thought about cloud or SD-WAN or mobility or IoT 10 years mm-hmm. ago, we didn't yeah, even have a totally, clue. So yeah, think totally different. today, you just have to assume, I don't know what life's going to be like in 10 years from now, but I need to create an address plan for things I I don't I haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, I I think this is this, the the point's completely valid, and I think this is why the strategy and the strategy we've laid out for a lot of a lot of folks, and I think are, are is advocated by the industry overall, is you know the the sparseness leaving space is the appropriate thing to do to sort of you know so I, I wouldn't say swing for the fences because it's not really doing that anymore, right? It's it's this is just practical approach of doing the right engineering work to sort of say like, hey, you know, um, you know, sort of sizing up yourself. You're not trying to you're not trying to, you know, get as close asymptotically to the right amount of address space that you really need. You can you can really go much larger than that uh, to fit your business requirements because you don't have that constraint anymore. Anyway, I, and is there anything else we wanted to sort of chat through around that that we thought folks might get some handy info in terms of thought process? I, I know there's a book they can buy. <laughs> there's a book on, on address planning that somebody wrote a while back. It's pretty out of date at this point. <laughs> with the recommending like slash 32s is, a, is an enormous allocation for an enterprise. But you, I don't want to make people paranoid if you're, if you're running an enterprise and you have to do an address plan, you're like, oh, d- did I get enough space? Do I have enough space? It depends. You know, it's just the classic engineering answer. You, uh, you may want to, if you did your factoring back in 2012 or 2013 and, you know, you haven't allocated any IPv6 into the network, uh, it may be a good time to revisit that plan and, and figure out, you know, with everything that's in the pipeline in terms of automation, in terms of, of cloud, in terms of IoT, uh, you know, do I have enough space thinking about things in terms of, of total number of prefixes as opposed to host addresses? And yeah. it, it can be difficult for some U.S. federal organizations where the larger department or agency got a slash 32 thinking that was immense. And then carved that up to their sub departments and agencies and gave them slash 35s, slash 37s. They did some wonky thing with a <laughs> non nibble mask. And now you're a sub department or agency of a larger federal government organization. And now you have a slash 37 and you're trying to do an addressing plan with that. And it doesn't quite fit. You can't, it's not easy for them to go back to the well. At, yeah, and say, hey, that slash 32 you got, I want all of it, or I need more, or something. So those organizations could struggle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah the parent agency was essentially, you know, at, tasked with being a service provider in terms of handing mm-hmm. out that address space, but didn't didn't think like a service provider in mm-hmm. terms of making sure that they had a sufficient allocation. Yeah, they got right. the minimum allocation a service provider would, would get, which is a slash 32. All right. I don't know if there's anything else we want to cover. I think that I think that's pretty it's pretty good. Sort of we could talk about V6 addressing all day long. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even get down into the into the interface identifier side. That's like a whole different show that we can do is just on that side of the we're only on the upper 64 bits here and you know, far yeah, left. There's a whole other 64 whole bits, bits we could <laughs> to the end of the address space wormhole we can die. <laughs> Yeah, we only talked about the six. We should have started the show with the 64 bit address <laughs> wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's a, it's a bit of strangeness uh, strangeness around V6 in terms of 
you really do have two different sets of discussions on a pretty regular basis. And, and so it's pretty fascinating depending on which teams you're working with. It's very, very different, but yeah, no, awesome. That's, that's, that's really good. I think it's good information for everyone to sort of know of, of thinking about it differently and being, you know, being comfortable. And then we didn't even mention like the different allocation techniques. So maybe we put a pin in that one and we talk about that at another time where we can talk about allocation methods and then some of the strategies you can use around, around doing that because there's a whole bit, there's a whole whole bunch of different ones that you can think about and uh, use them in different ways to solve different problems. So uh, definitely get a chance to sort of revisit that one and, and talk through that. Well, unlike D6, we've run out of space for the podcast. So you can reach all of us on, on you know, the IPv6 Buzz podcast on Twitter. We're at IPv6 Buzz. And you can hit up each one of us on Twitter too. Uh, Tom is at IPv6Tom. Scott is at Scott Hogue. And I'm at E. Horley. Thanks for listening to the IPv6 Buzz. You can find us on the Packet Pushers, any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for IPv6 Buzz. And if you like the show, hey, please give us a rating on iTunes. Um, uh, if you like this podcast, we really recommend you check out Heavy Networking, Day 2 Cloud, and the Network Break Podcast, plus all the other great technical content over at PacketPushers.net. Uh, so long and until next time, we'll see you on the internet. The IPv6 internet, that is. Thanks for listening to IPv6 Buzz, a podcast devoted to truth, justice, and 128 bits of address space. IPv6.